You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I'm Kate. I'm your host today, registered dietitian and nutritionist. And today we are talking about what to do if you can't stop thinking about food so much. If food and what you shouldn't be eating or what you should be eating is always on your mind, this podcast is going to give you some insight on why you might be obsessed with food and how to solve it. Because that's the big issue, right? We might know why we can't stop thinking about food, but if we don't know what to do next, then the problem never goes away. So the, the inspiration from this podcast actually came from two things. One was from a Facebook group that I, I don't know, admin, I administer it. It's the Nutrition Awareness Facebook group that is specifically targeted for people that struggle with binge eating, emotional eating, overeating, all of those things mostly women in this group. It's on Facebook. It's called Emotionally Emotional Eating Help. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes below. But we just go on there and we help give people support if they feel like they can't stop turning to food for comfort or if they're continuously going through a binge eating cycle. And so I got on that group and I asked, who here feels like they can't stop thinking about food? And I want to read some of the responses. I want to read three of them for you actually. Because you, you might relate to these. And if you relate to these, this podcast episode is going to help you specifically. So again, I asked, hey guys, you know, who here feels like they are constantly thinking about food? So the first answer I got, someone said, yes. What I'm going to eat, what I shouldn't eat, why do I eat so much slash bad, why do I have a bad relationship with food, etc. All of the things revolving around food. So that was one answer. Another one, yes, at times. I honestly don't know what my problem is. Sometimes I can go for days and not eat much of anything. And then I'll end up ravenous and eat everything in sight for a few days until I'm so sick. I can't bear the thought of eating another bite. And the third answer I got was, I definitely had that conversation with a friend who was in the same situation yesterday after we both went beast mode on our workouts and then we ruined it. So these answers give me a good idea of what people in the group are experiencing, but I know this firsthand from the clients I work with. So if you don't know, if you're new to the podcast, me and another dietitian, Megan, we work at a private practice here in Orlando. She's the owner. Uh, It's called Nutrition Awareness, and we meet one-on-one with people, and we help them overcome their biggest eating struggles so that they can reach their health goals, physique goals, wellness goals, their biggest aspirations that have to do with nutrition. And so we have this program, it's called the Daily Accountability Program. It's for our virtual clients who want more accountability. So it's every single day we talk, we help them stay accountable to their eating goals, help them get to where they're trying to go uh, virtually for 30-day cycles. And the other, that's why I bring that up because 
The other inspiration for this podcast came from one of my current DAP clients. And she actually enrolled in the program because she wanted to improve her relationship with food while working towards a weight loss goal. So she had physique goals, but her biggest priority was stop feeling like she was out of control with food. She was constantly dieting, she was restricting, she just couldn't get into a good groove and she felt very overwhelmed. And so in the beginning she was telling me, she's like, I can't stop thinking about food, I obsess over food all day, I try to avoid certain foods, I think about what I should be restricting, kind of like that first answer that I read from the Facebook group. Basically all the things that she was thinking about food had a negative connotation. It was, I'm not gonna eat bad all day, I'm gonna eat clean, I'm gonna eat no carbs, I'm gonna restrict sugar, and then at the end of the day, or maybe a few days later, it was just like everything went out the window, all these rules she set for herself. She would eat large amounts of food and then feel guilty afterward. And then stop, or she, would, she couldn't stop thinking about her, her binge, essentially. She would be laying in bed at night thinking, I can't believe I ate that much. I feel so shitty about myself. Tomorrow I'm gonna do better. And so she would map out how she would eat the next day to make up for all the food she ate that night. So that's one of the first reasons why she started the DAP program. And I was like, yep, come on in. We're going to help you figure this out. And so we go through some, uh, with every DAP program uh, participant, we go through an initial call where we set up a new game plan that doesn't involve restriction. And so just a few weeks in, she was already kicking butt, taking names, feeling good. And she made a comment. She goes, you know, I feel like I'm still thinking about food a lot, but it's different. And I was like, tell me more. I put my therapist uh, shoes on and I was like, Yes, how do you feel about that? Tell me more. <laughs> and when she when she told me how she felt, she's like, I'm thinking about what I should be eating more so than what I should not be eating. I'm focused on, okay, what am I gonna eat tomorrow? What should I be eating more of? How can I plan my meals? How am I going to eat well and eat healthy and give myself balance when I'm having a, a wine night with friends or when I'm going out to eat with my husband? How am I going to feel good about what I'm eating? And I was like, you know what? I think that's a good thing. Because right now you're working towards a big goal. And just like if you were working on a project for school or for work, you're going to put a lot of thought, energy, and time into that project because you're trying to get to a certain point. And so there's, it's a good thing to start thinking about food, but just in a different context. So you're not thinking about, oh, I shouldn't be eating sugar and I need to restrict all bread and carbs are bad and I can't eat before 11 a.m. and blah, 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 blah. Instead, she was thinking, okay, what should I be eating more of so that I feel good, so that I'm not obsessing about food when I close my eyes at night, and so that my body is fueled and I don't feel deprived? And she was like, that makes sense. And I was like, Here, here's the big goal. When we're in the DAP program, or if you're working towards a weight loss goal, or you're working towards a certain health goal, more of your energy and your mental juice is going to be going towards this specific aspiration, right? That's just normal. It's just like if you had a big deadline due, you're going to be thinking about that. Or if you are, you know, about to start a family, you're going to be thinking about how to plan and prepare for having a baby or adopting a dog. More of your energy goes there. And then once that baby comes or you have that dog or that project's wheels are in motion, then you can kind of kick back and the work doesn't become so overwhelming and things just become automatic. And so that's what we do with the DAP program. We, we, have a jump start, right? It's kind of like the training wheels of learning how to ride the bike of a healthy lifestyle. And then when you're done with DAP, it's like taking the training wheels off and you just ride off into the sunset <laughs> and enjoy your healthy relationship with food and reach all of your health goals because you've learned how. And so in this podcast today, we're going to talk about how you can 
Adopt a mindset where you're not constantly obsessed about food in a negative context. If you're currently working towards a health goal, you're still going to be thinking about food. It's not a bad thing to consider, oh, what should I order at lunch that's going to make me feel my best without making me feel restricted? Or thinking about what meal should I plan for this week so I don't have to worry about it when I'm in the midst of weekday chaos. That's not a bad thing, right? So here are some tips for you if uh, you are feeling like you're just negatively obsessed over food. But I should say if you want some more one-on-one coaching, if you want to be like my DAP client and get some hands-on tools to help you switch your mindset and start thinking positively about food and you want that help of a dietitian and you're not really sure where to start, you can apply for our DAP program. We accept new clients every month. We, we do have an application, I will say that, just because we do see our one-on-one clients in person too. And so we can only take a select amount of people into the program every single cycle because we give them a lot of love, a lot of one-on-one attention, and therefore we just wanna make sure that the people who do it are motivated and gonna put just as much energy in back. So I'm gonna link that application in the show notes below. But if you're on a computer right now and you're like, I wanna I wanna apply right now, I don't wanna even waste any time, you can type in orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching and you'll scroll to the bottom of that page. You can read about us, look at our pretty pictures, and then there is the DAP program at the bottom. You just click apply here. There's a quick application, it's free. It takes five or 10 minutes to fill out depending on how thorough you are. I'm sure when we get applications from guys, they're always like really quick. <laughs> little one sentence blurbs and then we get some from females that are novels about their whole life and I'm like either one is fine as long as you can pinpoint to us what your big goal goal is and what your expectations are for the program we can better decide if we want to move forward with the application process and then Megan and I will reach out to you personally and continue the steps All right, so again, that's orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching, show notes below. You can pause this episode after you apply. So the first thing, if you are constantly thinking about food that you have to address, and it seems common sense, but it's not. It's, are you hungry? Are you hungry? If you're constantly thinking about food, it's probably because your body's telling you, hey, girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, you haven't fed me all day. You've given me two hard boiled eggs and a green juice and it's 3 p.m. I'm hungry, right? Your body is asking for fuel. We need to feed it. And remember, your body is trying to keep you alive. And so by it sending you signals to eat, it's protecting you. That's a great mind shift, uh, mindset shift because we're so used to dieting and if you are used to being on tons of different diets that all had rules on them it can be kind of scary to think about hunger because you're so conditioned to think eat less eat less eat less move more lose weight eat less but the opposite is true and I kind of hesitate to say that because yeah if you're working towards a weight loss goal you overall need to create a a caloric deficit, you have to be smart about it and working with a dietitian can help you do that. But the problem is we restrict ourselves from food all day long that by the time evening comes and we're more relaxed and that quote willpower that we had early in the day dissipates, then it's just like, all right, we're going in, we're going in on the snack foods, we're going in on the pizza, we're stopping at McDonald's on the way home and we're supersizing everything. 
You know what I mean? That's what happens when you restrict food all day. And so then you end up eating more than you would have if you had just spread out your food throughout the day and eaten more in the morning in that one sitting. Does that make sense? So you end up actually eating more, especially if you zoom out on your week and you look at your food totals as a whole throughout the week, you end up eating more from those binges. But the best way to pretend or to protect yourself from those binges or those obsessive thoughts about food and eating copious amounts of food is to actually fuel your body during the day. And I know, I know firsthand from my own experience, if you are used to being fearful of hunger and maybe you don't even know what hunger feels like, or you don't really know how to respond to hunger because you've just been on so many different diets where you just follow some arbitrary rules instead of actually communicating with your body and understanding what it needs that that can be overwhelming and scary to think about. It can be really scary to think about eating more food during the day because you might feel like you're still going to binge at night or overeat at night or the next day or over the weekend. Again, that's where I say working with a professional can really help, but if you don't have the means to do that right now, I challenge you to do it for two days. Not even two days, give it one day. Give it one day where you eat more during the day of high quality nutrition. I'm not talking about pumpkin bread from Starbucks, okay? I'm talking about whole real foods, fiber, proteins, healthy fats. Eat more during the day. Eat it at breakfast. Eat it at lunch. Have a snack. Have two snacks. And then see how you feel after dinner. See how much easier it is to control cravings or obsessive thoughts over food. And guess guess what? If you're eating meals throughout the day and you normally find yourself thinking about the next snack or when you can eat again at 2 p.m. if you're still hungry after lunch or if you have a snack at 3 and you're like, oh my god, I want to keep eating, that's a big sign that you need to eat more during the day as well. And so take note that when you eat more during the day, how those thoughts just kind of dissipate because your body isn't sending you those signals to eat. So quit staving off hunger. Your body is smart and it's going to fight for you. So don't fight against it. Another reason you might constantly be hungry and and thinking about food is if you exercise. I know from me personally that lifting weights and resistance training makes me way hungrier. And if I'm eating like I do after a few days of not weight training, that's not going to be enough food for me. And I'm still going to be thinking about what I can eat next. So if you are doing any kind of resistance training, strength training, CrossFit, uh, bodybuilding type exercises, anticipate you're going to be hungrier and plan in advance to give yourself more food. Now, I will say there are some people who notice that when they do aerobic activity, meaning running, cycling, long walking, that that actually suppresses hunger. And from my experience, I agree. I tend to just be less hungry when I'm doing aerobic activity, which to me makes a lot of sense because when you are doing resistance training, you're breaking down muscle tissue and therefore your body is demanding nutrients to repair that muscle tissue. So it's going to use up nutrients a lot more efficiently to repair what we call those micro traumas so that you can build lean muscle mass. And then the more lean muscle mass you put on, the more your metabolism is going to increase. You just become way more efficient at burning energy and therefore your body is gonna demand more, which is a great thing because that means you get to eat more food and your body's going to use it for fuel instead of storing it as body fat. You should know yourself better than I do. So some people might experience hunger after aerobic activity. Some people may not experience increased hunger 
from weightlifting, but I honestly, I haven't really talked to anybody who does a, a regular strength training routine who hasn't experienced increased hunger. So just pay attention and don't try to feel guilty about feeling hungry after exercise. It's normal and you actually want to give your body food around exercise so it can A, replenish those glycogen stores, those stored energy stores for survival, and B, repair any micro traumas. They happen in that order. So make sure you're eating after workouts and planning on being hungrier. The other reason you might be hungry, even if you feel like you're eating enough and you're eating all day long, is the macronutrient distribution of your foods. Now, what do I mean by that? Let me start off with what I don't mean. I don't mean counting every single macronutrient that you're eating and being a stickler about it, because what does that do? That actually trains us not to communicate with our body efficiently. If we feel like we always need to have 30 grams of carbs at every meal and no more than 10 grams of fat, then we are not gonna be able to actually listen to our body and know what it needs because sometimes it's gonna need a lot more than that and sometimes it's gonna need less. However, what this does mean when I do say considering your macronutrient distribution is to make sure you've got enough food that actually keeps you satisfied and keeps you full. And where does that come from? Three things. First, protein. Protein comes from a variety of sources, including animal products, and then plant-based proteins like beans, lentils, nuts, seeds, tofu, soy, etc. The second thing, fats. And I'm not talking about bacon grease, and I'm not talking about little Debbie snack cakes that are loaded with saturated fat. No, I'm talking about healthy fats coming from whole real foods. Coconut, avocado, olives, all of those oils. (laughs) Again, nuts and seeds, those have fat. Olives, did I say that already? Edamame. Those things keep you full for longer because they take a long time for your body to digest. So they sit there in your stomach and send a little message to your brain, your cute little brain, and says, hey brain, you're good on food. You don't need to eat for a while. We got energy to last us. And the third thing is fiber. Fiber is really hard for your body to break down. That means unlike a piece of Wonder Bread, your body has to work really hard to break through those nutrients and absorb them. So if you think about something high in fiber versus something not high in fiber, let's start with something not high in fiber, that Wonder Bread. You eat that Wonder Bread, you don't feel a thing. You don't feel satiated. You don't feel full. But if you eat a big hearty piece of sprouted grain bread with all the gritty nut seeds textures, You feel something after you eat that, especially when you combine it with something with fat and protein like nut butter, almond butter, whatever. And that's because your body has to work to break that down so it knows it's full and it's got energy for longer. The best way I can explain this is if right now you close your eyes and you imagine the sensation of being full. Imagine you just ate a huge steak or if you are vegan, you just ate a huge marinated tofu dish with a baked potato and butter. Imagine that feeling in your stomach, you feel full. And if I came up to you and I was like, hey, do you want this apple and peanut butter for dessert? You'd be like, no, I, that's a lot, that, I'm totally full. But if I said, hey, you want this ice cream? You'd be like, eh, I can make room for ice cream. That's how you know. Ice cream, there's not fiber in ice cream. Your body can break it down really quickly. The sugar, the calories are quickly absorbed into your bloodstream and utilized for energy or stored. Versus an apple and peanut butter, that just makes you feel full. 
And so that's a little tidbit that you can use in the future if you're trying to navigate hunger. If you feel hungry, but you're not sure if it's cravings or hunger, imagine yourself eating an apple with peanut butter. And if that sounds good, that means you're hungry. And if that sounds like too much food, you're not hungry, do something else. Another tip to help you stop thinking about food so much is to actually think about your food in one sitting. And what do I mean by that? I mean pre-planned meals so you don't have to make a bunch of choices throughout the week. You can chunk out some time once, twice a week to write out the meals that you're going to eat through the week. I love this. We have a menu that I'll link in the show notes below, but it's also on our blog post, Five Steps to Meal Planning Like a Boss, Like a G. And that can help you organize your thoughts and make the decision of what to eat so much easier because we all know that Monday through Friday, there's a lot more going on. We're moving from thing to thing to thing. And if you can chunk out Sunday afternoon to plan what you're gonna have, whether that means you're grocery shopping it, you're meal prepping it, or you're just simply making the decision of, okay, Tuesday night we're having tacos. And then I'm gonna have those leftover tacos for lunch on Wednesday. And then dinner on Wednesday night, we're gonna go out to eat because it's so-and-so's birthday. And this is where we're going out to eat. And then Thursday for lunch, I'm gonna make sure I've got all of my good sandwich turkey sandwich, cheese, veggies, all the things I need in my fridge ready to go. Gonna have that Thursday and Friday. That way when push comes to shove and it's Thursday and everyone's thinking like, hey, should we go to Zaxby's for lunch? You're like, nope, I already made my decision. I'm happy with what I'm choosing. I'm just gonna eat this. You don't have to think about like, hmm, should I go to Zaxby's or should I go to, I don't know, Popeye's? And should I order the spicy chicken or the, the regular chicken or should I get, no, you don't have to worry about that. The decision's already made because when you had the mental energy and the time, you already carved it out. Now here's the key. You wanna make sure that you're choosing meals you're going to actually enjoy and that are good for you. So if you absolutely hate turkey sandwiches, don't plan a turkey sandwich, all right? Choose something else that you're going to look forward to. I will say one little hint, if you don't have a lot of time to go to the store, or maybe you find during the week all of your fresh stuff starts to dwindle away, to stock up on backup go-to meals that you can enjoy that are shelf-stable or last at least a week. So a turkey sandwich with veggies and a side of hummus and carrots, those are good materials just to have in your fridge and to turn to. Or maybe a can of lentil soup, Amy's canned lentil soup with some whole grain flaxseed crackers. For dinner is a really great option is that bonza chickpea pasta. And you can just buy basil pesto or marinara sauce in a jar. Bada boom, bada bing. That's a quick, easy meal, delicious. Or even those sweet earth frozen burritos with some salsa. Those are great go-to options that you can either put in your menu plan or just have a list on your fridge hanging up of, hey, you know what? If you don't know what to eat, here are three things you've always got stocked up and ready to go. And then you don't have to think about it as much. All right, here's the one that I I get a little iffy suggesting, this other tip, but it's really important. And it's probably the hardest one, and it's very personalized. And that is to find other things to do that don't involve food. So if you test all of these things, you've planned out meals, you're eating enough during the day, you are confident that you are full, but you still find yourself thinking about food and wanting to snack or eat, this might sound a little harsh, but I need you to get a life. I don't mean that with love, right? Because I say that from love because I experienced this. I had this like little 
a spiritual awakening where I was like, wait a minute, Kate, like all of your hobbies revolve around food, going out to eat, cooking, baking bread, baking, <laughs> my job, I'm a dietitian. I talk about food all dang day. And then on the side, I'm researching things about nutrition. I'm always keeping up to date with the latest research, talking to clients like food is my life. And I was like, Kate, get a life, okay? And so I'm telling you the same thing. You need to find some other things that captivate your interest that don't involve eating or food. I mean, cooking, it's an iffy one. It depends on your relationship with cooking and baking. But I encourage you to find something that's completely unrelated. Now, here's some tips to help you get started on what that thing is because I've asked people this in my office on DAP and they just look at me and they're like, uh, I guess I could color. And I'm like, yeah, you could get one of those adult coloring books, but like, do you actually like doing that? Is that going to give you the same kind of comfort that food is giving you? Is it gonna give you a sensational experience? And unless you just really love coloring or if you just need something to do with your hands while you're watching TV, my guess is like, eh, maybe. So the three things that I say to think about when you're finding a new hobby or something to captivate your interest is to ask yourself, is there something that's creative or intellectually stimulating that I've wanted to do, thought about doing, or know somebody that does? Is there something I can do that makes me money so it's motivating? Is it some kind of Etsy shop? Is it cleaning out your closet and selling things from your home, being a Facebook marketplace boss? Or is there something that will actually move your body and get your blood pumping and actually help you stay healthier? So if you are able-bodied and you are physically cleared to do some kind of activity, that could be a great option. So here are some ideas. First, make a checklist of things to do and get to work. This is a great one. I love this one. I think about my home. I think about my car. I think about my pets. I'm like, okay, here's a bunch of tasks I need to get done this month. Make a huge list and it's always something that you can turn to throughout the month. You can even schedule those tasks in if you are someone that keeps an agenda or a calendar and treat them like an appointment. Two, call a friend, family member, or hang out with them. I think that's really helpful. If you can pair that with a walk or some low impact activity, even better. Organize computer and phone files. I know we all have so much storage on our phone. Deleting photos is surprisingly relaxing. You can clean your house, and I would say this counts as moving your body. Vacuuming, dusting, scrubbing. And this can help you de-stress and make your environment less triggering. That is a real thing. If you ever feel like your life's in chaos, turning to food sometimes can be one of those soothing, comforting, reliable old friends. But if you can set up your environment to do that same thing for you, to be a, a tranquil, relaxing space, you might feel less of an urge to snack. Get outside and move, whether you're taking a bike ride, you're walking, you're stretching, or you're gardening, washing your car. Go sit at a coffee shop and journal or read, or you can go sit at a bookstore. Just get out of the house. Doodling, painting, having a sketchbook, really executing some of those creative juices. Learning a new skill. Have you always thought about playing the ukulele? Because I had a friend, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I don't know if you've always been thinking about the ukulele. But if you've thought about a musical instrument, I have a friend who bought a ukulele from Amazon and it had a DVD with it that teaches you how to play the ukulele. And within a month, she was able to play that song that's like some 
I can't sing it. I don't know. It's some Hawaiian song. Guys, I sound like an idiot. But long story short, she learned to play the ukulele and got obsessed with it. And it was really mentally stimulating for her. But you could also learn a new skill like watercoloring, um, makeup tutorials, how to press flowers. There are so many online courses nowadays that help you learn new skills from your home. So in the midst of quarantine, with everything being closed, that is an awesome thing to dedicate time to every day. You could meditate with an app on your phone. You could read a really mentally stimulating book or fiction novel. It's hard to eat while you're holding a book. You could make a vision board. Rearrange your environment, your furniture, some feng shui. And like I said, you could get on Poshmark or some online thrift store and sell clothes that you've cleaned out from your closet or you could donate them. Give yourself a purpose or something to expend energy and effort into that does not involve food. And if this list doesn't give you inspiration, I'll tell you the next best thing is to think about when you were a kid, what you loved to do. What you just loved to do when you were a kid? What really made you feel excited? What did you just naturally gravitate towards before food controlled your life? I'll tell you, for me, I was always sitting in my room with music as a kid, just drawing and tracing and coloring and getting really artsy-fartsy. And so I thought about that and I took up watercoloring and I love it. And it's something that I know is true to my spirit because I've always loved doing it. I really think that our child selves are our true selves We sometimes lose that person as we transition into adulthood and get caught up with societal norms and all of the day-to-day activities and requirements and responsibilities of being a grown-up. So I'll end it here. I hope these tips were helpful. I hope this got your brain juices flowing, got you thinking, got the wheels turning. But I'm going to leave you with a little bit of motivation here that you can turn off this podcast and you can go about your day and forget about all of these things and continue to obsess over food. Or you can carve out some time right now to think about what's really going on. I say take pen to paper and brainstorm why you're so obsessed with food and maybe go back and listen to this podcast and take some notes. Don't get in your own way. Don't use life as an excuse not to improve your relationship with food. Don't make excuses not to do something, not to take care of yourself. You are worth having a healthy relationship with food, having a normal relationship with how you eat, and having a better relationship with your body. If you need help, again, apply for the DAP program. Megan and I are experienced not only because we have the degree and the certification of registered dietitians, but we have that personal experience and we have thousands of clients worth of experience combined working with clients who go through these kinds of struggles and even crazier struggles than you could even imagine. So we want to help you. And if you need that extra support, apply for the DAP program. And if it's not a good fit, we'll help you find something that is. We'll direct you to a different resource or some of our other coaching options if that fits your need better. Learn more about that at orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching. Or if you've got more questions, we post support posts on Instagram. We are at nutrition.awareness. I hope this episode was helpful. And if you have specific topic requests you want to hear, just let us know on Instagram. DM is a great way to reach us. Anyway, 
I'm going to go eat lunch now because all this talking about food has me thinking about food. And I can't wait to hear you guys on the next episode. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real, 